One of the best times of year in one of the best places, summertime in the Carolinas. It means hiking, travel, blue skies, and fly fishing with Jesse Browns. But it also means warm weather and sun. Jesse Browns has clothing to sun protect and make you feel and look cooler. That's right, the modern fabrics within the Jesse Browns clothing keeps the UVA and UVB rays away, but it also has a cooling sensation during these warm Carolina months. Stop by jessebrowns.com to check it out and also visit the brick and mortar in the shopping district of Charlotte South Park area to get your new summer apparel from Jesse Browns. All aboard on the Carolina Outdoors. We're glad that you're joining us each week. Different segments for different listening pleasure. When it gets hot here in the Piedmont, each summer, it always happens, there is an escape. Welcome, everyone, to the Carolina Outdoors. It's Bill Barty, your host. It's a place that has celebrated fly fishing by putting in the nation's very first fly fishing trail. This place can enjoy the temperatures that are 15 degrees cooler than they are here in Charlotte and enable us to get away and enjoy what we have here, the beauty of the Carolina outdoors. So to learn about this place, this place called Jackson County, North Carolina, and Jackson County's Fly Fishing Trail, we're going to bring on a Silva native. Chris Manny from Southeast Trading is going to join us on the program right now so that we can learn how to be cooler in our North Carolina mountains. Chris, welcome to the program. Hey, Bill. Thanks for having me. Man, we love having you on here. The different insights that you provide, it's it's great to have you as a part of uh, the contributorship of the Carolina Outdoors. And now that we've uh, reached summertime in the Carolinas and we've enjoyed a pretty mild spring and a pretty mild early part of the summer, we have had our challenges, and, and we talked about that um, uh, earlier in the opening segment, uh, in regards to the haze that has been brought about by the Canadian wildfires as that uh, as that smoke drift occurs up and down the eastern seaboard. But that haze that we have here in town creates more of an excuse for us to head to the mountains just to see what we can see and enjoy fly fishing on the nation's very first fly fishing trail. So, Chris, you grew up there. Tell us about the magic of Jackson County and the streams that are offered there for us charlatans to escape to. Absolutely. So one of the lovely things about Silva is being in the mountains. We have an awesome 12-month fishery. Uh, We can fish every month of the year, given that we have good water levels. Uh, Typically, this time of year, early summer, before we get late into July, the water temperatures are nice. We've been getting rain in the mountains, so we've got great water levels as well. Uh, Some of the really nice uh, fly fishing creeks on the trail there, Scott's Creek runs right through the heart of town, and it's got a lot of wild rainbow and brown trout as well as some stock fishing there as well. So, Chris, if we're a visitor to, just say, Silva, is this a park and jump in? Of course, the water is going to be cooler, but we don't necessarily need waders and uh, and that sort of thing. We can go shorts or quick dry pants and our sandals and enjoy fishing, but do we need to be worried about any restrictions of private ownership or or that type of thing that we can't go jump in Scott's Creek? 
Scotch Creek is pretty open. So it's on the landowners in many cases to make sure they're correctly posting their property. Yes. Um, but there are plenty of access points along the main road there on Skyland Drive and even down through the main part of downtown Silva that has lots of access for anglers just trying to get in the water. Well, talking about water level, and that's been a big deal in the past years. This spring, again, we talked about the milder temperatures in the, this intro, but we've had rainfall, the ups and downs of waiting for rain. But this year, we've had a pretty good go of it. There's a stream, a bigger piece of water called the Tuckaseegee. Tell us about that and its influence between rainfall and also the tail race, the releases that happen on the Tuckaseegee and how we anglers need to pay attention and handle that this this year anyway, 2023. Yeah, so the Tuckaseegee is one of my favorite pieces of water. It is a delayed harvest stream throughout the year, so this time of year you can catch and keep some trout, but it's also a very underrated smallmouth fishery. So we have great smallmouth fishing in that area, and like you mentioned, it is a tail race, so we do have to pay attention to the dam releases. The best way to do that is going to be via the Duke Energy website. They have a really nice page there that shows you when they plan on releasing this water. And they also have a flow and recession page that also tells you when to expect the water to arrive and when you can expect for it to leave as well. So they try to do their best to keep us in touch with that. All right, so we're going to talk about that. You brought up a new species. Of course, when we talk about Jackson County in this fly fishing trail, which is uh, 15, I think 15 different streams, throughout that we are able to go on the western north carolina fly fishing trail based there in jackson but when you uh when we say that we oftentimes think of fly fishing for trout and you mentioned the species of the browns the brooks the the rainbows that are there but then you throw in this smallmouth and the smallmouth fishing in the summertime can be preeminent on the tuckaseegee uh preeminent in more ways than one but one of the reasons is because they become topwater eaters can you give us a lowdown of the equipment that we can use out there as far as the weight rod that we use for weight is that good enough or do we need to have a six or seven weight for that and will you describe for the carolina outdoor listeners what it's like to have a smallmouth come up and hit that topwater bug well i'll be honest with you there's not much like it it's pretty electric um i absolutely love smallmouth fishing I would recommend a five-weight or six-weight if you're going to fish topwater poppers. Ah. With a little bit more wind-resistant fly, it also allows you to handle those fish. So a 12-inch trout, you can handle that no problem on a four-weight, but a 12-inch smallmouth will give you a run for your money on that rod. So nine-foot five-weights and nine-foot six-weights with a floating line are perfectly applicable for smallmouth fishing. Um, and I would typically recommend fishing for that species on a lower release for the Tuckaseegee. So either no uh, power generation schedule or just one of the two forks is perfect. That may be an education in itself as how to handle the Duke Energy uh, releases and, and how to go that. So will you take us through that? Zero means no water is being generated, no water is being pushed through for the turbines. One means some, and two, does two mean no fishing? but it's pretty dangerous to wait it with two generators running. So um, I would definitely pay attention to that. And it's pretty obvious when you get to the river whether or not there's a lot of water in it or not. Typically, it's a, um, typically you can see the bottom of the river. You're pretty safe to wait in it. 
once that double release hits, it gets pretty giant. So it, it can be pretty daunting to try and wade fish. Chris Manny is our guest here on the Carolina Outdoors. He's been in the fly fishing and the outdoor business for decades and uh, as a guide, as a retailer, and now as Southeast Trading Company's representative covering the Southeast brands that you'll recognize in the fly fishing and outdoor realm like Sims Fishing Products, uh, Hardy Rods. That's new to the quiver right there. So talking about four weights, five weights, Six weights, uh, plenty of that. And you can see much of what Chris sells over at Jesse Brown's Outdoors so that you can, again, get out there and enjoy the outdoors, whether it be here locally or maybe heading for Jackson Jackson County. And, Chris, uh, again, there in Silva in Jackson County, North Carolina, the fly fishing trail, uh, you know, nature's attributes were already there, but the Chambers of Commerce and the county itself kind of adopted the fly fishing trail, began to celebrate it, market it. Um, you've been in the business. You've been on the waters there. Um, when the fly fishing trail came about for Jackson County, again, the first in the nation, the first fly fishing trail in the nation, um, what's the difference that it's made in those communities in Jackson County, including Silva can you tell more anglers are there, more visitors, more tourists, or is it just like it used to be, a bunch of people fishing? Well, Silva is definitely growing like a weed. It is uh, exploding. A lot of that attributes to our outdoors. We have a lot of public trout water in and around the area, and some of those are covered on the fly fishing trail. I would definitely say that it's not going to be overcrowded out there but on some of the more popular streams like we discussed Tuckasegee, Scotch Creek and places like that you might run into some anglers which is never a bad thing on the water Um, but like I said there's a lot of available public stretches of land to actually get out and fish and maybe not see anyone out there. So there's a way to escape a little bit uh, and escape it and we just covered too we talked about Scott Tuckasegee but there's a whole lot more uh, tell us about the uh, Kona Lufty and heading over towards Cherokee as well. Tell us about the water that we can enjoy over there and how it maybe differs between Scott, right there in the middle of town, and the big water of the Tuckasegee. Yeah, so it, the water there runs all the way from the top of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. So it's nice cold water year-round. It's also going to be an entirely wild trout population, so no stocked fish. Um, you can fish the national park with a North Carolina or Tennessee fishing license. No extra stamps are needed. Um, and that's a great way to beat the heat. That, a lot of that river is covered with canopy, so it keeps you shielded from the sun most of the day, which keeps those water temperatures down even throughout. So just like you started, just like we started, it is a true escape, kind of that traditional Uh, stream that you would imagine on the postcard or what you would think about in the Carolinas, uh, North Carolina, Western North Carolina, of what fly fishing would look like. That that nice thick canopy of rhododendron and uh, uh, the the beautiful um, floral that we have here and then this babbling brook, waterfalls, streams, and then the fish in there in 70 degree temperatures when it's 90 degrees or so in the Charlotte area. Absolutely. Whenever I was there a couple of weeks ago, it was 80 degrees in Silva. And when we crossed into the uh, National Park about two miles up the road, it was 66 degrees. So it's quite a bit different uh, up in the mountains there. 
you're too cool to come on and spend a little bit of your time for for us to learn a little bit about this gem of Western North Carolina. But Chris, before you leave us, uh, will you give us advice on what kind of flies that we should be out there? What lures are working now that we're in the summertime? I imagine the terrestrials are coming off and and that sort of thing. Will you explain? Um, what what bugs we'll probably have the most success with if we're fishing, whether it be for trout, and then maybe we'll skip over and ask you about the smallmouth as well. And the silence is deafening. The answer to come. This is not a cliffhanger. This is Chris Manny driving through the mountains, giving us a fishing report here on the Carolina Outdoors, and the answer is not going to be... But I can tell you the answer because I do know the answer. If you're head, heading up there to Jackson County or many of the other streams in western North Carolina for trout, even if you're smallmouth fishing or even if you're locally uh, bass or brim fishing, the terrestrials, these are uh, bugs from the earth that we are counting on. So you think about worms, you think about ants, you think about beetles, you think about crickets, you think about grasshoppers. Those are terrestrial flies that um, are prevalent during these summer months and again we had a, a, a pretty mild spring we did have good rainfall and that sort of thing but um, now the terrestrials are out this would even include those of you who are heading west again that season's a little bit later but as we move into july and august the terrestrial season will happen for the western angler as well as the western north carolina angler and if you're here in the Charlotte area, you can stop by the brick and mortar of Jesse Brown's Outdoors because we have those flies on hand. We also have directions to get you to that part of western North Carolina or to the airport if you're getting on an airplane for Salt Lake City, Denver, Cheyenne, or any of the other western cities that you may be heading to out there. Thanks to Chris Manny for joining us to talk a little bit about Jackson County, North Carolina, escaping the heat and enjoying the sport of fly fishing. And that's one of the prominent sports at Jesse Brown's Outdoors. Again, the brick and mortar here in Charlotte's shopping district of the South Park area. You can also check us out at jessebrowns.com. That's a place you can also listen to this segment of the Carolina Outdoors or previous segments of the Carolina Outdoors. Just type in jessebrowns.com and the rest will happen. Stay tuned because this show keeps on going. You're listening to the Carolina Outdoors.